Carton and Roberts on a Friday, but no. Craig's taking a nap today. He's drinking, you know, some kind of alcoholic beverage, and he's going to sleep for 72 hours straight. And then he's going to wake up and come back on Monday at 2 o'clock. But I am honored to be joined by the architect, by the host, by the face of Nick fans, the man behind Nick Fan TV, CP the Franchise. CP, thank you very much for coming in today. Ev, the Franchise, on the fan, the number one afternoon drive show. History in the making once again, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. And we will get to Derek Carr visiting the Jets. We'll get to Daniel Jones. But I want to be classy, okay? (laughs) Since you represent the Knicks fan, and since you guys had a Mount Mount Rushmore moment last week with my team falling apart, if you want to bless my team for I'll give you three minutes, all right, then we move on. Go ahead. I'll take my beating. Well, I got to say one thing. Because and shout out to all of the Knicks faithful out there because they waiting they're waiting for this moment. I I I announced them coming on the show. They said CP, give him hell, <laughs> give him hell. So the first thing I have to say is that the city is back under old management. <laughs> the city's back under old management. It's Jalen Brunson city. It's Julius Randle city. The mecca is back. To Madison Square Garden, its rightful place. I feel sorry for you, man. No, you don't. I feel sorry. No, you don't. Okay, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. (laughs) I was waiting for this day for when the shoe would drop because I remember three years ago, free agency and all the prognosticators. They're coming to the Knicks. They're coming to the Knicks. And just like LeBron's decision, they bailed. They bailed. They ran from the spotlight. No, don't do this. But the karma caught up to them. The karma caught up to them. They they bring in Katie Kyrie. They toss Kenny Atkinson over the top rope. They they get DeAndre Jordan his money, right? Mm-hmm. They bring in their coach, Steve Nash. Oh, everything's cooking. No, that's not enough. Let's go bring in James Harden. We got the big three, the most powerful big three ever assembled in the league. Now it's Brooklyn City. Oh, the Knicks, the culture's so bad. And, you know, it's Dolan all over again. They didn't want to play for Dolan. And it's the practice facility. No one wants to go up to to Tarrytown. We heard all of it. Mm -hmm. We heard all of it. And one by one, the dominoes fell, and they blew a gigantic hole in the ship. You know, you're a wrestling fan. Absolutely. And I think this is a fair analogy. We were the NWO. Yes. We were evil. We were sort of cool. <laughs> we were the bad guy. Yeah. And I guess, like, Julius Randle is Sting, yeah. if you will. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, no. Jalen Brunson is yes, Sting. Yes, Jalen Brunson is Sting. And Jaylen unlike Brunson. the end of the NWO, which didn't have a proper ending, yeah. like Sting should have won at Starcade. He should have beat the NWO. Yes. Well, the NWO went down in flames, <laughs> in my case. <laughs> Self-destruction. <laughs> but you got to love it. You have to love it. No, yeah, but... I don't have to love it. Oh, it's fantastic. You can love it. It is fantastic to see the demise of this fake big three that came apart. All these selfish guys, all these me-first players. First it was Harden. Oh, this place is toxic. I got to get out of here. I don't want to play with KD. I don't want to play with Kyrie. You know, the Kyrie theatrics. Him just taking time off and just saying, hey, I'm going to go to my sister's birthday party. The whole COVID thing. And then obviously the controversy with the book. But yesterday was the icing on the cake. To hear Kevin Durant in this press conference with the Suns, almost in tears. He's emotional. I, I love those guys in Brooklyn. You know, we, we worked so hard. We grinded. What did you grind? 
The three players played 16 games together. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, what you. did they grind? I got you. No one was available to play. <laughs> Everyone got hurt. I mean, and look, like I said, Kevin Durant's injury, the last one with, with Jimmy Butler, you can't blame him for it. But Kyrie's absence, that was him. That was self-inflicted. Hard and bailed. But for Kevin Durant to say, well, we tried. We did all we could. I'm gone. Three years into the experiment. Mm. This is what the people say about Kevin Durant. This is why basketball fans and analysts are so out on Kevin Durant. He's a monumental player, one of the greatest to ever live. But when it comes to team building in this town, in sports, we we prop up the hero. We prop up the guy who got it out the mud. And with Kevin Durant, every time things get rough, he bails. I do like that. Instead of attacking me and the Nets, now you've turned your anger yeah. towards Durant. He bails. I don't mind that he as bails. much. Go ahead. He bails. <laughs> it, it's just unbelievable. But no, let's bring it back to you. No, no, and, no. And let's bring it back to you. And shout out my guy, Keith McPherson. You guys are the unofficial leaders of the Brooklyn Brigade. And everybody, oh, this is the Nets town and the Knicks are no longer relevant. Look at where we are. No, listen. I I would actually always argue that it was never the Nets town. Are you kidding me? The Knicks have a billion (laughs) more fans than us. I would never make that argument. But now we're back to the same place. Yes. So let the better team win. And we do get a week off now with the All-Star break, so that's a good thing. But I appreciate you coming in, and I appreciate your victory that the Nets didn't win an NBA championship over the last three years. But I got to say one more thing on this. Because... You've never really explained this to me. Go ahead. How does a diehard Nets fan as yourself? Mm-hmm. Ha- I remember last year, opening night, Knicks versus Celtics. I'm on the line walking into the building. That's right. Who do I see next to me <laughs> but the net diehard Nets fan, Evan Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Shoulder to shoulder in line waiting to get into Madison Square Garden. That's right. A, a Knicks season ticket holder. Yeah. Please explain. Dude, I love hoops. Come on. I like to watch good basketball. It's deeper than that. It's, <laughs> it's deeper than that. We think I'm a secret Listen, Knicks fan or something? You have a family. You have children. When you leave here, you're going to Madison Square Garden. You're taking the time out of your night. Sacrificing to go see the orange and blue play. It's deeper than basketball. I think you're a fan. Uh, I think definitely you're a fan. not a fan. You have to be. You have to be. <laughs> 100,000% not a fan. You have to be. I like basketball. I also like making money if I can sell my tickets for a profit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes down to. But I like watching basketball at Madison Square Garden, especially the Nets beating the Knicks, which didn't happen last time. And I do have to admit, I had this all planned out. When the Nets were in the Garden a couple of days ago, If the Nets had won that game without Durant, Irving, the errors over, and it would have been 10 in a row, out of all, my night was planned out. I was going to drive home, and I was going to call in to Knicks fan TV. (laughs) Not as Evan, not as anything. Just as some guy. And as soon as you went to me, all I was going to do was this, all right? (laughs) 10, 10, 10. (laughs) 10, 10, 10. And I was going to see how long it would take before you finally said, can we get rid of this guy? (laughs) Well, the, the the beauty of Knicks fan TV is we also have call screeners. So, and I got your phone number. So we'll just make Damn sure it. after the final matchup between these two teams coming up, which is gonna be big, man. Yeah, I'll tell my guy Edgar, don't pick up the phone. <laughs> if we lose, yeah, if we lose, do not answer right. from Evan Roberts. Indeed. All right, let's get to the football. First let's of all, uh, Derek Carr. Derek yeah. Carr is going to supposedly come here to New Jersey to Florham Park over the weekend and meet with the New York Jets. And here's the way I view it, and CP is a great football fan. 
You're a Giant fan, but a great football fan. I like Derek Carr. He is a fine second choice. Now, am I confident that's going to lead to the Jets winning a Super Bowl? No. I think in this AFC, where you've got Pat Mahomes, and you've got Josh Allen, and you've got Joe Burrow, I'm not confident that even with this defense, and even with this run game, and even with these weapons, and stability that maybe the Jets could provide Derek that he didn't have with the Raiders, I'm not convinced that's going to win, but I also acknowledged he's the clear second choice. I, though, would be upset if by the end of the weekend, Derek Carr is a jet because it means you're giving up on your first choice, which is clear that it should be Aaron Rodgers. So I look at this visit this weekend and I say, great, you got to do your due diligence. But Derek Carr is a second choice. Why would you ever sign your second choice before you fail at getting your first choice? See, this is the thing. I think... Jets fans are almost in the same boat as Knicks fans. They're, they are desperate to get back to prominence. It's been so long. It's been 12 years since the Jets made the playoffs. Once the Kings make the playoffs this year in the NBA, yes. this will be the longest drought in North American sports. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the Jets fans, Woody Johnson, they want to make the splash. They're always looking for the shiny, bright thing. But for me, if I'm a Jets fan or in that leadership with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, I'm not waiting for Bain to come out of his cave and make a decision <laughs> on where he wants to go. He's, he's 39 years old. I don't know if he's committed. How hungry is he to bringing a championship to New York? If I'm that leadership, and according to Ian Rappaport, Derek Carr, the Jets are high on his list. Yes, he is the best of the rest. I put that money in him. I don't sacrifice draft capital to bring in an Aaron Rodgers. Well, wait, hold on a second. So you're yeah. saying, because yeah. this is a little bit different, but I, I guess yeah. I understand it even though I don't understand it. Yeah. If given the choice based on age, yeah. based on draft capital, which I get, it's going to cost the Jets something to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Yes. I acknowledge yes. that. The commitment issue, you're right. Maybe it's yeah. a year, maybe it's two years. I have no idea. Derek Carr is going to try to be your quarterback for the next decade, yeah. or at least five to six years. You'd rather have Derek Carr than Aaron Rodgers? At this stage in the game, Yes. Absolutely, because I'm not so sold that the Jets are an Aaron Rodgers away from a Super Bowl. You just named the top three teams. It's the Chiefs and Mahomes. It's it's uh, Josh Allen with the Bills. It's Burrow and and uh, but and the who Bengals. gives you a better chance to compete with that? Certainly Rodgers, but your window's much smaller. Exactly, your window's much smaller. So you have to say, okay, number one, you need an offensive lineman, right? Yeah. So you have to say, if we bring this guy, we are right there. With the rest of the league. See, that's the difference. I think they are. I really do. And I think the windows now, based on this, based on really yeah. the finances of the NFL, they haven't paid Sauce Gardner yet. Right, they haven't right. paid Garrett Wilson yet. They Brees haven't Hall. paid and probably never will Brees Hall. Yeah. So I think right now is the time to strike. Right now is the yeah. time to try to win a championship. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to win one for the Jets. I have no idea what's going to happen. We know what Aaron's kind of track record the last decade's been, yeah. losing brutal playoff games at home. Like, I acknowledge that. But I think their window to win is best taken advantage of with a future Hall of Fame quarterback and not a guy, and I don't want to kill Derek Carr because he's fine. It's a fine addition. If he's the quarterback going into next year, I certainly have a lot more hope than I've had the last few years. But I think it's clear that Rodgers gives them a better chance to win right now. And I think you got a strike in the NFL right now. There's always an appeal in sports, especially when you're able to tap into the value of rookies who are you know, far exceeding 
their 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 potential, right, and, and far exceeding their value. Because as you said, you, you haven't paid Sauce Gardner yet, or Brees Hall, or Garrett Wilson. But for me, I think the Jets need stability. What do you do once that two year window of Aaron Rodgers is done? You've sacrificed a couple of picks, three or four picks. What are you left with? Are you, you turn it back to Zach Wilson? Hey, hey, you know, I'm not worried about that. I, I know that's kind of a, it's weird because it is it's similar but not to the net thing. Like I'd always say, I would take the same risk again with KD and Kyrie. You give yourself a shot, it didn't work out, great, you move on. Aaron Rodgers is a swing for the fences. I fully acknowledge that, yeah. and there's probably a better chance that it fails miserably than it works out brilliantly. But you and I would agree on this. He gives you the best chance to make it work. No question. No question. And that's why I think the Jet fan, while we're desperate to make the playoffs, sure, more than make the playoffs, it's win a championship. It's win a Super Bowl. And I like Derek Carr. He's fine. The odds of them winning a Super Bowl with Derek Carr, even though it would be over a longer period of time, to me is not as high as winning a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. It's not. And look, Rodgers is Rodgers, right? Multiple-time MVP. He can be that guy. He's just a couple years removed from his last MVP. He can be that guy. My question is, how committed is he to turning this thing around? This is a tough place to win. The Jets have not had stability, have not had a star at the quarterback position since Joe Willie Namath. They haven't had that guy. So, in my opinion, you go bring in Carr, and he hasn't been perfect, right? He hasn't been perfect. He's thrown the second most uh, uh, interceptions over the last two years. He's not a perfect guy. He makes mistakes. Hasn't been clutching in big games. But to me, you bring him in, you keep your draft picks, you continue to build your infrastructure, build out the trenches along the offensive line. You have some promising pieces on the defensive end. And by the way, as you go along with a Derek Carr, you draft your next guy. You try to build that and bring that next guy along so that if Derek Carr does not turn out to be that guy, maybe you have something in waiting yeah, the, that you can continue with the, with a good team. No, I get you. The, the issue, even if you're on my side of Rodgers as the first choice, is this time frame kind of thing. Because Derek Carr, and I don't know what's going through his mind, he may be saying to his agent, I want this thing done in four days. I'm not waiting around. I want this done before free agency starts. I'm not waiting. And if that's the case, you, if you're the Jets, are taking a risk. You have to wait on Aaron Rodgers in his dark room, which I would do, and you take the risk that he comes out and says, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And if he does, great. You take the risk with Aaron Rodgers. If he comes out and wants to stay in Green Bay or retire, which I doubt, or go to Las Vegas, and Derek Carr has already made his decision, I get it. The, the list of quarterbacks after Derek Carr feature names that may not be as enticing to many people. Yeah. The Ryan Tannehills, the Jimmy Garoppolo's, and what have you. But I also still believe in swinging for the fences. And so I know it's weird to say to Derek Carr's agent, hey, Derek, we love you, but can you wait a few weeks? Can, can you just hold off on a decision while we wait for Aaron Rodgers? I know that's not realistic. But I still would want to go swing for the fences and try to bring in the guy that gives me the best chance to win. So it's a weird dance that the Jets have to do right now. You want to show an interesting car. I agree he's the second option. He's the second choice. But would you really marry a second choice instead of getting your dream girl? And Aaron Rodgers my dream girl. (laughs) I want to take her to the dance. Listen, it's a tough call to make. And as I said, I can see Woody Johnson wanted to roll the dice. Right, that that's who he's been. However, if I'm gonna trade premium draft capital, 
would I do it for 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers or do I check in on Lamar Jackson? Well, see, that. so here's the thing about Lamar, because Lamar is also very, very appealing. And he's going to cost you more than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And he's going to cost you more financially than Aaron Rodgers because he wants a fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson kind of deal. That ain't happening anytime soon either. I still think the Ravens are bringing him back. They may franchise him and keep him. It may get ugly in Baltimore, but my gut tells me they're not moving on from him. That I can't wait on because that one I don't necessarily think has an end date. I think with Aaron Rodgers, we're getting an answer in a week and a half. And I only say that because i become an Aaron rodgers ologist because I listen to him all the time. And you know why I'm a really good Aaron rodgers ologist Because I used to be a Kyrie Irving-ologist. And Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, very similar. You see what I'm saying? They are very similar. Absolutely, absolutely. Not everything is the same, but I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is linking out tweets to movies. But then again, he may be looking at tweets to other things. Right, <laughs> right. Who knows? So my code on Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, huge fan of Barbara Streisand, which I have confirmed now. You got that audio, Big Mac. I pulled it from the McAfee show because Big Mac, and I want you to break the tie on this, CP. Aaron Rodgers is asked, very simple question. What's your favorite band? Okay, what's your favorite band, by the way? Wow, favorite band. If I'm going hip-hop, I'm going with the locks. Okay. Definitely going with the locks. Bob Marley and the Whalers. How about Coldplay? Coldplay. Yeah. There you go. That's your answer. Yeah. When Aaron Rodgers is asked who his favorite band is, he actually, you know, kind of thinks about it, drinks a bottle of water. My water bottle is empty, but I'll I'll imitate it. Mm. Mm. Well, and then his answer is not Coldplay. His answer isn't the Beatles. His answer is in, you know, I can't name another band yeah, in my mind. Yeah. I'm very musically illiterate. Right? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers decides that his answer is Babs. His answer is Barbara Streisand, which, I mean, you, you kind of have to respect, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's First of all, Babs is not a band, okay? She's a woman with a beautiful voice. Right. She's gentle, but she's not a band. And that's what makes Aaron Rodgers unique. If someone asked Kyrie Irving what his favorite band yeah. was, who knows what he would have said. Right. He could have said Beethoven. Like, I, <laughs> Would that really surprise you? They're, they're, they're two of the same, man. They're very, very <laughs> similar, quirky individuals, no question so about it. So I went back and listened again to Aaron Rodgers' answer that it's Barbara Streisand. And when I sent it to Big Mac, his response is, oh, he's just screwing around. I'm like, no, he's not. Like, Aaron Rodgers is not one to screw around. Right. He's literally saying his favorite band is Barbara Streisand. So at some point when he gets to the audio, I'm going to play it for him. You tell yeah. me if he's kidding. Because I don't think he's kidding. Point is, he's going to go into that silent room. He's going to think of Babs. That's all he's going to think about. He's going to think of her. <laughs> he's going to think of whatever the hell's going through his mind. He's going to think of, oh, you know, these aliens. It's really to distract us from Jeffrey Epstein's list. He's going to think of all that crap. And then I think he's coming out in a week. Like, I don't mm. think... And look, I'm honestly, jokes aside, I'm predicting. Yeah. I, how the hell do I know what Aaron Rodgers is thinking? But I do think there's going to be an answer on this relatively soon. I don't think this is dragging out into NFL free agency, which is still a month away. Right. March 15th right. is not next week. Yeah. So I think there's an answer on it, and it would really piss me off to make a decision based on a few days, a few days, yeah. for a guy that's not your first option. And that's why this is a very, very tricky spot on how to handle this thing. It's just, it's a tricky spot, man. And 
Rogers has said on, on the on the McAfee show that uh, no no one has any insight to to his inner circle. No right? one knows. Not, not Rappaport, not Schefter, none of those guys. But the Jets would need some sort of hint, right, as far as where he's leaning because. Derek Carr has visited the Saints. You know, the Saints and the Raiders were talking trade. He has Dennis Allen there as former coach. So that's a risk. And then what are you left with? You're left with Ryan Tannehill. Is Jimmy Garoppolo an appealing option? You're left with worse options. You're I, I left totally with worse get it. Options. It's a very tough spot. We'll get your calls on it. We'll touch on the Giants and how much money Daniel Jones is going to get. And is there really any possibility that Daniel Jones is not a New York Giant? Toll-free numbers, 877-337-6666. And when we come back, I'll let you hear the audio. Was Aaron Rodgers <laughs> effing with us, or was he really a huge fan of Barbara Streisand? Carton Roberts, CP, the franchise, filling in on this Friday. I kind of need a break. Like, yeah, I just need, I, I need some time off. I, I don't You know, don't man. need time off? Is that because your team's hot? And you think yeah, this is the worst time for the Knicks to be taking a time <laughs> off. They just won five of their last six. They washed the Nets up. You know, listen, <laughs> Jalen Brunson, since he's been snubbed since the All-Star, he's, he's been cooking. It's the worst time for the Knicks. You know, maybe it's because and I get made fun of a lot for this, rightfully so. How do you have time to go to this game, go to that game, watch this, read this, and still spend time with your family? And I do spend time with my family. But I said to my wife this morning, it was the second thing I said to her. The first thing was, I'm so excited to work with CP, the franchise. Nice. The second thing I said was, you know, I'm glad the Nets are off for a week. <laughs> we got more Listen. time. We're going to hang out. We're all going to read books together. We got Elimination Chamber tomorrow night oh, yeah. that my oh, son's yeah. excited yeah. about. Yeah. And tonight, and I, I don't know, I guess this is a thing that's going around now. I'm going to go play pickleball with my family. Wow. And I heard G, besides you know roasting me, talking about him playing pickleball. Is pickleball becoming a thing now? It's absolutely a thing. And shout out to my guy Alex Rattaro, so my co-host on Knicks Fan TV. He's in like a pickleball league. Is this new, though? I don't think so. I, I want to say it's been around for a little while, but it just seems like the trendy thing to do. Like, this is what you're doing on a Friday night, bro, of all bro, things. I swear to you, it's not about trendy. I'll yeah. literally tell you what it's about. Yeah. Me and my wife are like, hey, it'd be cool to sign up for, like, a gym. Mm-hmm. And that gym has a lot of cool things in it. We're trying it out, see if we're going to use it, because the worst thing you could do is spend money on a gym. Yeah, I've been there. Never use it. Been there. <laughs> we all have. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things it has is a pickleball court. And when she said, do you want to play pickleball, my response is, I've heard of it, but I really don't know what it is. And we tried it, and right away I'm like, this is freaking awesome. And we played it, my oldest son played it, and I'm like, this is a really good time, and it's a good workout, you're running around. Then I hear G talking about it. Then I hear other people talking about it. You're telling me your boy plays it. So it's probably been around for a while. I think so. But why are all of us finding it now right like what the hell happened in the last two months assuming that's what it is where yeah. we're all finding the same thing i don't i, I that's I don't the part that confuses me is it like a pickleball league on tv i i haven't seen it <laughs> i don't they know say, what the, what they the say fa- it's like the fastest growing sport in america right? so it, it wow. is the fastest yes. growing sport in america but how long has it been tom, around didn't, didn't like tom brady just buy into a league and all these I, guys yeah. are buying into buying into the league so when was it in, start having when, professional uh pickleball oh, a professional the, the pbl when did it? When was it invented? Like, was it a sport that was always around and just under the radar? And then, like, it would be like if shuffleboard became a big deal all of a sudden. I know I played uh, pickleball in high school, not on a team, but we did it in gym. Did so you really? that's what I'm 37. <laughs> so do the math. So it's been around a while, but I don't know about being popular. No, but it's becoming popular. Yeah, no, right I, now. I get that because it's like you know, if you're bad at tennis, you could play pickleball. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you the exact answer. It's not necessarily. I wouldn't use the words bad. If at you're tennis. unathletic, let's just say bingo. That. He yeah. hit it. Yeah, no. It's 
young yeah. athletic. Absolutely. Like, I, I know what Giannotti looks like. I yeah. love Gio. He, uh, come on. He's like a potato. <laughs> He's not in any shape. No offense. I mean, I'm not telling you He's very poorly. He's very poorly. No, and that's great. No, I will yeah. give G this. He he has been in really good shape and then yeah. in really bad shape. Mm. Like, he goes up and down. So years ago, we traveled to L.A. to watch. It was Mets-Dodgers and the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Mm. We did both. We did it two years in a row, so I forget which year this was. And G was in really good shape. And he's like, let's go play baseball by a field. I'm like, oh, this is my guy. Let's yeah. go. I love it. And he said, let's run over there. We'll do a run. Yeah. It's like three miles away. And we're running. And I'm telling you, we're a half mile in. I thought I was going to drop dead. Meanwhile, he's he's chucking <laughs> along. And I'm looking off like, what the hell is going on? You can't underestimate him, man. That was during the time of his in-shape time. Yeah, yeah. And it left me in the dust. Like, I'll be the first to tell you. So there are times in which he's in great shape. But you're right, Luke, in that you don't have to be in great shape to play pickleball because you're not running down as much of a court because it's a smaller court. But it's still like you're getting a workout in because you're hitting the ball, yeah. you're running around, just not as much as you'd play tennis. And I got to tell you, I freaking love it. It's yeah. addicting, man. According to uh, USAPickleball.org, 1965 <laughs> was the first pickleball court was erected in wow. 1967. So it's been around for a while. So it's been around forever, yeah. but all of a sudden now, all of us middle-aged men yeah. are basically finding it. And saying, hey, this is awesome. I don't think I'd ever watch it on TV. And I'm not ready, by the way, because I'm very open with competing with people. Because I, I know I'm not a great athlete, and I own yeah. it. I don't really care. If I lose, I lose. Like, I'd play a one-on-one right now, one right now in basketball. Yeah. I'd probably kick your ass. I don't no. think you're that good of an athlete. I'd wash you up. Oh, excuse me. Absolutely. Are you are you an athlete? I'm retired now, but I'd still wash you retired. up. Retired? That's code for I'm not an athlete. <laughs> That's what Boomer says all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Were you good at any point? I was excellent. Oh, you asked. I was excellent. Ask everyone in, in, in the uh, town of Rockville Center Basketball League. Oh, really? I was that multiple-time MVP, multiple-time All-Star. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm getting my butt kicked. <laughs> You've said enough to convince me. Uh, but I, I would gladly play anybody. In, like, I run a baseball yeah. league, and I, I don't mind the fact that my videos are sometimes shown of me running, and people like to mock me. That's fine. I don't really care. I like to play. Yeah, you I like stayed to, in shape. It's good. I like to get out there and play. And if I'm good, I'm good. If I'm bad, I'm bad. To anybody out there that is challenging me to pickleball, here's what I would say to you. Someday, but not yet. All right, let me play a little bit more. Yeah. Because I'm only playing my wife, and we're not even keeping score. We're literally just paddling the ball over. We're trying to volley, (laughs) as they say. But eventually, there will come a time in which I look at her and say, "Hun, i I'm ready. And then all of you big shots on Twitter, all you big freaking talkers who love to comment about how everyone is so unathletic, and you're right about all of it. Like, I'm not denying it. But how athletic are you, Tom73912? (laughs) The odds are you're a fat ass. And the odds are you get smoked by the unathletic geek redhead. And how would that make you feel? This is what you're waiting for. Is Tom a Knicks fan? I think... (laughs) Uh, is he in your DMs right now, <laughs> destroying you? Probably. So I welcome all the challenges of pickleball, yeah. and I'll I will accept them at some point. I'm not here yet. I would say by the spring, by the late spring, I would actually say I'll start playing people, and I'll start naming names or taking names. Is taking names? Taking names. Yeah. I'll start taking names and kicking ass, wow. and we'll record it, and then we'll play it on Twitter and embarrass every that single one of you. Aspiring to be a pickleball all-star, man. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> 
so I'll, I'll, in 2023. So I'll start the challenges in this room. You want the smoke scene? Listen, what we can do, we can do like a five-sport series. <laughs> Battle of the fan bases, right? They used oh, to have this boy. thing back in the day, Battle of the Network Stars, right? right. We, could take, we could go from basketball, pickleball. We could run a race, you know, run a race to, to, to the building. Put it all on YouTube. And have the fans you just, uh, judge it. You just made a huge mistake yeah. because you made it a battle of the fan bases. Yeah. And if you want to make it Knicks Nets, yeah. then I'm going to call my tag team partner because I have a tag team partner. Yeah. I, I'm the macho man. I got Hulk Hogan. And trust me, Ooh. you don't want to battle Hulk Hogan because Ugh. my tag team partner played quarterback in high school. My oh. tag team partner is a diehard Nets fan. My tag team partner would represent the Nan F- Met Nets fan base much better than me. I would tag in yeah. Keith McPherson. I knew you were going to say Keith. At all. Like, I knew you were going to say Keith. Because how many Nets fans are there? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> the two of you leading the Brooklyn uh, Brigade over here. I knew you were going to say Keith. So Keith could take the quarterback, yeah. take the quarterback yeah. competition because yeah. he played quarterback. All right. I'll take the pickleball competition, <laughs> and we will smoke all of you. Let's do it. Let's set it up, man. So, Keith, get ready. All right, let's, buddy? Let's set it up. And you're doing it for pride, for not only uh, Brooklyn Net pride, yeah. but, yeah, that's it, Brooklyn <laughs> Net pride. <laughs> Look at these, these guys are trying to avenge their losses. It's been a tumultuous year for you guys. It's been a very tough so year. So any, any win that you can get, I, I hear you. So I me you, and man. Keith McPherson, maybe we'll play about pickleball together. Do they do teams <laughs> in pickleball? Is that a thing, or yes. is it one-on-one? No, two-on-two. Is that really? Wow. That's how they do it? I think so, yeah. Oh, I wow. only play one-on-one. Guy, are, you, are you even playing by the rules? No. no. What are the rules? He has no idea what he's doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. No. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Here's how little I know about pickleball rules. Because me and my wife are learning, sometimes yeah. we let the ball bounce twice before we hit it over the net. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, 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 not, you're not playing. They're pickleball. not even playing by the rules. <laughs> no. You let or yeah. you can't get to it on top. Uh, yeah. No. We don't want to pull a hamstring. Sure. So we let the ball bounce a second time. And then, okay, now I'm going to hit it over. Okay. This is why everybody out there, I'm not ready to play yet. <laughs> okay, we're still we're still learning the rules. Still taking the training no, you, wheels you off. You know man. the rules. You're flouting the rules. You don't care yes. about the rules. I have not, you're, just, you're just warming up. That's I, all you're I, doing. What I would say, fellas, is that I have not read the rules yet. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if the rule is you need to hit the ball on only one bounce. Right. Like I, I would expect like every other game <laughs> yeah. that's ever been he, anything he made, like that. He made or, his own rules, Seaback. Then then saying he's the king of it. Well, huh. listen, we're, we're learning. Listen, me and my wife are learning, okay? We're trying to get in shape. <laughs> by the way, we welcome SNY. Of course, the show is delivered to you by Grubhub. We're joined by pickleball export Tom in Cranford, New Jersey. What's going on, Tom? How you doing, guys? Excellent. How you doing? Pickleball's been around out down south, like in Florida and Arizona, at these 50-plus retirement communities. Hmm. It's really huge down there. And there is there is a professional tournament too. It's been on TV. Mm, really, it's, it's pretty interesting, actually. Though, <laughs> you know, I don't know the rules myself, but uh, you know, it's for us old timers that can't run around anymore. That's this what it's is... all about. No, and that's why I do it because at 39 years old, athletically, I'm an old timer. Like I, I can't uh, run you're around. Still young, you're still a young. You're still a young. You haven't seen but... me run there, buddy. <laughs> and you'd know if I'm an old timer or not. This gives me hope because CP. I swear, I've always thought this. Whenever I used to hang out with my grandparents, long time ago, unfortunately, they're not here anymore. But I would play shuffleboard. Okay, with, with Good both, game. Great game. Both of my grandfathers, yeah. I'd play shuffleboard with them, yeah. and I would always think to myself, I'd watch this on TV. Like this could be a sport. This could be a big deal. And it's encouraging that even if shuffleboard hasn't taken off, 
pickleball has. Yeah. And it gives me hope that maybe 30 years from now, shuffleboard will. <laughs> It does give me some hope. What are you looking at, Luke? You got a problem? Well, bro, what's next? Bocce ball? Everybody yeah, right. will be dead in 20 years. The sport will have moved on. <laughs> Is that what you think? You think yeah. it's all just going to be all for people that are retired in Florida? <laughs> By the way, did you see today, and I remember a year ago when Jacob deGrom was asked about opting out. Yeah. He said, he was honest. He said, yeah, I'm going to opt out. And he did, and we all know what happened. He signed with Texas. I'm out here to relitigate that. Earlier today, Manny Machado was asked if he was going to opt out of his contract with the San Diego Padres. And not only did he say yes, but he talked about all the money that's out there in free agency. And personally, I never had a problem with Jake saying it. I don't have a problem with Manny Machado saying it, like he's going to opt out. But what's funny to me is Major League Baseball, and I mentioned this earlier that baseball and the NBA is starting to become very similar. And I actually talked about this yesterday, that the regular season of Major League Baseball is starting to feel like the regular season of the NBA. But never in any sport, did we talk about free agents a year or two in advance other than the NBA? Yeah. LeBron James is a free agent. We're all planning it out, right? Kevin Durant was a fr- We're all planning it out. I'm starting to notice between Shohei Otani, and this talk started a year ago, to even Manny Machado now, to Aaron Judge even a year ago, it feels like in baseball we are now talking about free agency further in advance than we ever have. And... It's very NBA-like to me right now what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've never really seen it, especially in the, in the Otani and, uh, and Machado standpoint. But I, I'm, a, I'm a player's advocate. You know, I, I want the players to go out there yeah, sure. and, and, you know, deal with the business and fairly and take care of themselves, do what's best for them. I just thought it, it was kind of interesting to hear Machado come out and say, hey, there's money out there too. The owners are yeah. making money. We need to make some money here. I don't blame him for a second. When I find weird, and I don't know if Yankee fans feel this way, and you are a Yankee fan, yeah. I'm a Met fan, and yeah. I think it's easy to see how Manny Machado would fit either team. Very, yeah. very easy. Easy. Uh, the Mets were trying to sign a guy to play third base this offseason and Carlos Correa before it fell through. And obviously a lot can happen this year that can change things. Brett Beatty for the Mets could have a monster year. In the Yankees' case, maybe both Volpe and Peraza come up and have monster years, and you're like, I don't need a third baseman. Uh, right now in February, I don't even – I can't think that much about a guy who's a free agent a year from now yeah. going into a season. And maybe that's the other difference, too, with the NBA when we would think about free agents in the NBA as Knicks and Nets fans – it's because we had no shot. Right. So we're thinking about guys that are going to save our franchise. Right. Yeah. Like in this case, I read the story today, and I'm like, okay, he's going to opt out. It's good, it's good to know. Yeah. But it's almost, I'll worry about it in November of next year, not as much now. I can't even think that much about Manny Machado as a free agent. Yeah, n- not at this point. Now, as, as a Yankee fan, you wish they would have gotten him four years ago. I know. Right? Well. Because he certainly could have uh, changed things from where they are. But I, I think it's a uh, it's an interesting move by him. I wonder if he's looking at the judge situation where, you know, judge went out there, bet on himself, and got rewarded handsomely. But Machado's still at the top of his game. He would be leaving, if he did opt out, he would be leaving $150 million million dollars on the table and think about this cp and it could happen let's say manny machado and i'm certainly not rooting for it gets hurt this year let's say manny machado just has a down season let's see if he truly opts out that's there you go you know Degrom was fascinating because he was so good that it didn't matter that he only made 11 starts and he was able to opt out get a five-year deal and get massive money I don't know if Manny Machado would be able to pull that off. Like, if he somehow had a down season or missed half the season due to injury, it could change how he views things. It really could. So it's also kind of risky when you make that declaration because you may have to make a complete opposite decision in five months based on what actually happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no no question about it. And, you know, $30 million a year, that's a huge risk. 
No, no doubt. And on the surface for the Yankees, what's different between four... Because the Mets were never in on Manny Machado because this man named Jeff Wilpon owned the team and he didn't want to spend any money. So the Mets were never in play for Manny Machado. It was never a fantasy. When Manny was a free agent, I know Yankee fans wanted either Manny or Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, yeah. That was the big the target. And I think Bryce was probably the majority just because he's a left-handed slugger. He just seemed to fit Yankee Stadium more. I think the big difference between a pursuit of Machado this offseason and last offseason, or not a last offseason, but three years yeah. ago, is they didn't end, other than Judge, they didn't have to pay all the baby bombers. Like, I think at the time there was a thought of, going to have to pay Gary Sanchez. Going to have to pay Glaber Torres. We're going to have to pay a lot of these guys down the road. Do we really want to be invested in a 10-year contract for Manny Machado? Obviously, the way the young shortstops play this year, if given an opportunity, if they're up here, could impact their thinking. But I think the Yankees today, potentially, we'll see where they are at the end of the year, are in a very different place than where they were four years ago when they clearly didn't have that much interest in the guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're looking at the prospect of Glaber Torres leaving this team. What happens when say, uh, when uh, Mike Stanton's contract comes up? No, that's forever yeah. for Giancarlo to right. leave. That's right. the thing. Like he's you're kind of stuck forever <laughs> at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, man. But you know you're hoping that uh, maybe Peraza gets the inside look at shortstop at this moment. We'll see what Volpe does. I think the Yankees need to get insert some of that youth, some of that uh, th- those younger prospects. Is there a young arm that? They may have in the wings because with the injury to Montas, I think it puts a lot more pressure on this rotation, puts more pressure on your depth. Do they have an arm in the, in the farm system uh, that they can bring up? To your point about Peraz and Volpe, quickly on that, because obviously this battle in spring training is going to go on for a month. We'll have other times to talk about it. Yeah. The key of the New York Yankees in 2023 is that. Because when I look at the Braves last year and how they won the division, how they won 101 games, you can mention some of the stars, but I would mention they called up Michael Harris a month into the season, and he was awesome. They called up Spencer Strider, and he was awesome. They called up Vaughn Grissom, and he was awesome. I think the difference between being a pretty good team and a really good team, and the Yankees can be a really good team either way, and being a great team are the young players that contribute. Because if Volpe isn't up here because he isn't hitting for whatever reason, Peraza isn't up here and isn't contributing, you're looking at IKF. You're looking at Josh Donaldson. You're looking at Glaber Torres, who I'm just convinced is never going to be the star we thought he was three years ago. And who knows about DJ's health. But the difference between the Yankees being good and being a 95-win team, which is good enough, and being a great team and being the difference maker are those young guys contributing. And that, who the hell knows? Like I can't tell you what those guys are going to be. None of us can. Yeah, you just don't know. But I think that would put Cashman in... Uh, a, a better viewpoint of the fan base right now because I think the fan base is still down on him. He did go out there and he got the extension from uh, from the Steinbrenners. But you look at this Montage trade. I mean, the guy, the first start the guy made, you looked at him and he said, this guy is not built for New York. This looked like another Sonny Gray trade. Well, it seems like every, the, the first start I saw this guy, I said, course, this guy's not built for it. You got him from the same team right. every time you make a deal with them. So I ask you this yeah. because there's a there's a – there's a bull back there behind the glass. He's a bull. You got to watch out for him named Big Mac. Big Mac is a very staunch, staunch Brian Cashman defender. He once told me Brian Cashman is not only the greatest general manager in the history of the New York Yankees. He told me Brian Cashman is the greatest American we've ever had. And I said, <laughs> I said Big Mac, that's a, that's a step too far. I mean, what, what are we doing here? So be careful. He may yeah. attack you. Are you one of Who those? Who is the Yan- best general manager in New York? Yeah. Uh, Brian Cash. Okay, that's different. 
He is the best general manager okay. in New York. You said it. I did sure. say it, All and right. I own it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I ask you, are you one? Because I feel like Yankee fans are separated into two categories. Yeah. You have the Cashman believer, the Cashman truther, yeah. like Big Mac. And then you've got the guys who say, Brian Cashman's the biggest idiot in the world. Yeah. He needs to be fired today. All right, I, I call it down the middle. I'm a very fair man. I'm an umpire. I call balls and strikes. There's good, there's bad. Are you a hater or are you a lover? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hater of Cashman. Obviously, what he's done for this team along the history, you, you respect him for it and you appreciate him for it. But I thought they should have moved on from a long time ago, get a fresh voice into the front office, get new scouts, new new pr- perspective on some of these young prospects and see if we can you know, enhance our development system, enhance the farm system. I think I was looking at uh, the athletic, the athletic ranked the, the Yankees farm system about 14th. Yeah, middle the, of the pack. Right middle now, of yeah. the pack. And so, again, Volpe's promising. Peraza, you have uh, um, uh, Dominguez. And so we'll, we'll see what they, what, they, uh, what they bring to this team. But it just hasn't clicked. The pitching hasn't clicked. They, yes, they brought in Cole. They needed another top-end guy. We'll see what Rondon has. Can he stay healthy? Is he built for New York? I'm going to make a Rodon, pre- Rodon, sorry. I'm going to make your prediction. Yeah. And you can write that. Big Mac, definitely write this down. Yeah, all right? Because okay. I, I really believe this. This isn't like a shock prediction. Yeah. I, I think the best pitcher for the New York Yankees in 2023 during the regular season, the playoffs, yeah. complete crapshoot, I can't tell you. The guy who you look at as your best starting pitcher in 2023 will be Luis Severino. Yeah. I, I believe it. It's a First of all, it's contract year, yeah. and I think he's healthy. And I know that's like I'm throwing that's a my big arms if. in the air. That's another big if. Huge if, right? Yeah. So I'm kind yeah. of banking or betting on the fact that he's healthy. But at times last year when he was pitching, he looked so freaking dominant. Yeah. And look, I don't know what his future holds because he's a free agent at the end of the year. He has a monster year. He may be gone because I don't know if the Yankees are going to pay Severino after playing Radon and paying Garrett Cole. But I really think, kind of projecting, and it's it's a prediction. Who the hell knows? I think he's going to be their best pitcher. I think he's going to be freaking dominant this season. And the biggest offseason discussion around the New York Yankees is going to be, how do we let this guy go? And to speak to his health, there's no more, you know, babying him. Like, he's going to be a free agent next year. Last year, they put him on a 60-day DL, and he was kicking and screaming that he wasn't that hurt. But they took it easy with him, inning limits, all that. They're going to let him go this year. You I know, don't think there's any you worries know what, about uh, babying you know, him. If, they, if, he's, if he can throw the ball, yeah. he'll pitch. You know what Big Mac's saying? He's saying if he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he well, lives, saying, he lives. I'm saying the Yankees were hesitant <laughs> to say that, and now I think they will. <laughs> Because well, he's not under contract next year. I, I think Seve, when healthy, can have close to ace stuff. I went to the game at the stadium against the Pirates when uh, Judge was chasing history. Seve was pitching. He, uh, he was lights out. He was great in that game. But the health is going to be a primary factor, not just for him, but, for, it, but for all these guys. you got Nestor uh, sporting a hamstring. You already have Montas out. Rodon's coming in with injury history. Do they have the depth? If these guys go down, do they have the depth? Well, that's, that's the d- disaster scenario. Yeah. That's why I... You know, it's not a knock on everybody else, but maybe it is. Garrett Cole's the yes. most reliable pitcher in baseball. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I had a Met fan ask me the other day, would you take Garrett Cole over Justin Verlander? Now, Verlander was ridiculous last yeah. year. And obviously, Justin Verlander is going into the Hall of Fame on, on skates. He's an yeah. all-time great pitcher. But in 2023, if everything's on the line for me to get through a full season and contribute and pitch. And I also want to be careful with these guys because what does a full season mean? I kind of now believe in maintenance days. It's like the NBA. I want to make sure my guys are healthy. But I would trust Garrett Cole yeah. because he does it every single season. He may not be the most dominant. He's not. He had a three-and-a-half ERA last year. But he is the most reliable. And you bring it up, and you're right. Nestor Cortez has a hammy and was hurt late last year in the playoffs. 
Radon's got a long injury history. Severino's got an injury history. We already see the issues with Montas. So I don't think he's ever pitching for this team ever again. So you're looking at Domingo Herman. You're looking at Clark right. Schmidt, whatever. Garrett Cole's the only guy you could trust. In terms of he's going to make 32 starts. I'm not trying to jinx you guys because I know he's going to get hurt now. No. I'm going on track record. The guy's never hurt. And that is the best quality of Garrett Cole. Yeah. 200 innings last year. Now, look, the home runs were a bit of a problem. Sure. They definitely threw some junk and had some meltdowns last year. That's been a bit of an issue. And I think for that reason, he's come a little bit back in terms of being, you know, one of the more elite pitchers in the league. But this is our guy right now. And the the one thing about Cole that I wanted to see was was how he would respond in the postseason, especially last year. I thought he delivered. He needed a, a bit a bit of uh, run support. The bats needed to come back and support him. He didn't really have that. But you look at the Guardian series. I, I thought he I thought he was pretty good. Man. Hey, listen, the sample size is very different. Yeah, but Met fans don't hate me for this. It's just the reality. Garrett Cole is the better postseason pitcher yeah. than Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer to a degree. Max Scherzer. It's just the reality now. Verlander's pitched so much in the postseason that there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. But Garrett Cole, I think of Garrett Cole but without ever looking at stats or going through every game log of his postseason. I trust Garrett Cole in a big spot. I don't trust him in the middle of May because he'll give up five home yeah, runs. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's due for one of those like one inning complete collapse. Yes. But you know, sometimes he bounces back strong. That, that's what I like about Cole. Man. He does.